Welcome to Bookpile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss Freedom's Landing, which is by Anne McCaffrey and was published in 1995 by Ace Putnam. They were a combination company. It's a science fiction story that originally started as a short story known as The Thorns of Bar- Bravey. Bravey. We're going to go with Bravey. Uh, That was published in 1970. The original short story was slightly modified and was included at the beginning of Freedom's Landing for anyone who's like, oh my God, I didn't read the short story because I didn't know it existed. It's been modified at the beginning. So the plot of Freedom's Landing is the Katni kidnaps other aliens for enslavement and Chris is one of the humans that they have taken from Earth. But when a species is difficult to handle, the cats have a special way of handling them. They drop those aliens off on a habitable planet to colonize it for the catney. Chris is one such person, but the planet botany has one unexpected boon. Zaniel has been punished by being dropped off with the rest of those who have been enslaved. Now they must work together to safely live on the planet and with each other. And sorry for my giggling. We were trying to determine how to say Zaniel's name and well, you keep saying it like an angel. Zaniel. Zaniel. <laughs> and there's no, Zaniel. There's no I. Or E. Or E. Zaniel. 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 Say it. Zaniel. We're good with Zaniel. Um, you guys are good with Zaniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FYI, this probably is going to require you to have some discretion for children who may be listening. I don't know how many children actually listen to us. But I'm going to state that now, given... read this particular book. Uh, this one isn't too bad. I read it when I was, like, 14. I wouldn't say it was... There's only one scene in the entire and it's, book. It's, not like, like, it's just not like a book like an eight-year-old would pick up. No. Read. No. It's a thing. Yeah. I mean, they could, obviously, but... Yeah. Children are anyone would. under the age of 18, though. Minors, yeah. But, like, when you say kids, I imagine, like, 10-year-olds. Oh, well, okay. Anyways, so, to get started, Sarah, what did you think of this book? I didn't really like it very much. Danny's with us today, as always, interjecting. Unnecessarily. So you did not like it? Nope. Okay. Is there a particular reason why? You know, like. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, for one, I was disappointed because I've read Dragon Riders of Kern. And I really liked that series a lot. And I didn't expect the exact same thing, obviously. And I don't think it's just the absence of dragons. This just felt really... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You use bland a lot in your written review. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you use bland. Well, it did feel bland. It kind of just felt slapped together on like a lazy Sunday afternoon. Just like she just pounded out 350 pages. Sorry, it's pounded out. Not a very good. <laughs> I, no, my, my, my brain went to an, an immature child brain and thought <laughs> she pounded out Zanel. <laughs> well, I was going to be a long podcast. Computer keyboard or a uh, typewriter or whatever she was using in the mid-90s. But she still can't get over because I was like, well, this took place, you know, she wrote this in the 70s or whatever, so I'm sure that's why. No, she wrote the original short story in the 70s. 70s. She wrote this in she the 90s. She had time to update it then and she didn't. She, she did it to the 90s. She did because in the original short story, there is rape at the very beginning. 
okay, well, there's still rape in the 90s, but like the rest but, of But the, the main character, Chris raped. gets raped. Okay. But she it decided to make Zayn more enjoyable. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to hurt. No, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that that did not occur. But at the same time, like the rest of the prose, it just, I felt like I was reading all the books that I read in college, which were all taken, written in like the 70s, in like maybe early 80s. Which is really funny because some of your favorite science fiction authors that you referenced in your review are from the 70s. Yeah, that's why I was like, <laughs> this feels like it should be, but it's not hitting that same quality. And then I looked and it was like, this is from the mid 90s. Like, like her brain never. I mean, she was what? In her 70s or 80s in the 90s? Felt a little bit more modern, even though she had started that like in the late 60s. So I don't understand. Yeah, but so I, I think that you can look at this series as more of a period piece in that when the people were kidnapped from Earth, they were kidnapped from Earth in the 90s. Or 80s. Or 80s. And, and so it the references that Anne McCaffrey makes throughout the book are very specific to the time frame when these people were taken from Earth. Yes. And, but when you're looking at Pern, yes, the theory is a lot of these the characters in Pern come from different planets throughout the universe, but we're, they're earthlings, they're, you know, humanoids, whatever you want to call them. The point would be they're from the future, our future. So that's going to have a different right to it. These characters are very much from, I don't want to say our times, my times. Um, our immediate past. Except for in the 90s, I was stuck on Guam, so, you know. Um, but You might as well have been on Botany then. Exactly. But, um, no, Guam was beautiful. No, no. no bad I meant the remoteness about, about it the in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, but, so, it's it's a, I would put it as a period piece. Yeah, I guess. It did, it just definitely felt dated, but, like, not even, like, well-written <laughs> sort of dated. Like I said, like Frederick Pohl and Arthur C. Clarke and stuff like that. I read a lot of them and I liked it. And this, I just, so, I got the same vibes, but I didn't get any sort of connection with the book. I'm having an allergy attack, so I apologize. I was going to say something. Yeah. As she aggressively rubs her nose. Um, snuffles. Snuffles. Oh my God. There was an episode where I was just sniffing throughout. It was awful. Can <laughs> 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 we get you a tissue? No, I'm well, we good. Started, so this could be another one. Yes. Um, so what I was going to say is something to keep in mind is Anne McCaffrey versus, say, like, Frederick, Frederick Pohl. That is a... Man, I'm sorry. I just watched... She's drinking water. The, and she's we we have water. a special gecko buddy with us, and she's in a little container, and I'm watching her dip her head into the so water. She's having a blast over so, here. Yeah, she's just like, again? this is honey lemon. Yeah, this is Say honey hi, lemon. honey lemon. Hi, honey lemon. She's, she's like, licking her nose, yeah. so she says hi. <laughs> Anyways, so what I was going to say is is the difference between looking at comparing Anne McCaffrey to male writers who were writing at the same time as her is one, there weren't a lot of female science fiction writers. And Mercedes Lackey were the same time frame. Um, really? Yeah, her and Mercedes Lackey wrote books together. Yeah. I, yeah. I would have to look them up, but yeah, they they co wrote. I read a series by Mercedes Lackey. I didn't know she was from that time period. I didn't care for her series very much. <laughs> but so there, she's not in a time period where there's prolific female science fiction writers. Even now, I think it's still 
difficult to be a female science fiction writer, which is ironic because it was a woman who created science fiction. But um, so when she's writing things, it isn't, oh, the science fiction community, which was small to begin with at the time, at that time frame, is going to instantly take my book. She needed to write something that could fit science fiction and hopefully draw in general readers, which means she needed to simplify the science fiction aspect of it to make it more accessible to a broader audience to have her publisher like the say, okay. Prose, it's still, I don't know, it felt childish. Like, I felt like I was reading a middle school book. I don't think, I wouldn't say a middle school book, but I think it was like ninth well, grade. Well, yeah, obviously not until the like, later part. I was like, but most people read at a, at generously at a grade nine level. That's generous. Newspapers are written at a third grade level. So I, I think with this, she was trying to hit as broad an audience as possible. And the best way to do that was to keep her language simple. Plus, I think one of the fun things about this book is she is discussing language. Um, Zainal is learning how to speak English. And so there is time being taken to increase the vocabulary that's being used as communication is getting better. Um, but in order to really focus on that increase of language being used, she's got to write simple so you have a contrast of that improvement. So what I can say is, because I have been a huge Anne McCaffrey fan since I was in middle school. Um, she is not, she is a simplistic writer. She, she, she doesn't do long, complicated paragraphs, long, complicated sentences. She doesn't, she, that's not the way in any of her books. When was the last time you read Dragon Riders? Uh, well, I read Morita, um, 2020, uh, right around when the, uh, whole plague started. Cause I was like, oh, oh really? This, yeah. And then I read through the, I think the first three books again after that. Oh, okay. So, so, so sure. this, this doesn't read almost exactly the same to you. See, Not to me. me, this reads exactly the same. I know unequivocally I am reading an Anne McCaffrey book. I would see if you had, had given me this book with no title or like. Without the cover, without the author, I would have been totally lost as to who I was reading. Really? No, yeah. this 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 yeah. could not be more Anne McCaffrey to me. Well, have you read Dragon's Dawn? Yes. This is this to me recently. is Dragon's Dawn, but how they ended up on another planet is completely different. Um and and so it's, know, it's it, just, even I, the characters I, are almost exactly the same with Dragon's Dawn. Like, with all of the Dragon Riders of Kern, I get really connected with most of the characters. These ones, I was like, I don't give a fuck about you, or you, or you. You'll make I, can, I don't have the same connection with the characters. Um, in, in, like, and, it, like, the Dragon Riders of Kern, like Dragonstone, like, it would draw an emotional reaction from me, like, the sad oh, parts. There, I, there are times that I can sob reading Dragonstone. You know, for a reminder, we're discussing Freedom's Landing, <laughs> not yeah, Dragon's right. Dawn. But yeah, no, no, I know, I know. We can't discuss any of these without fine without- in a cornea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did like I did read the ship who sang, uh-huh. however, and I feel like that I only read it once, and I didn't like. It was like okay, that it's was funny. Right. I had not read the ship who sang. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that one might be a little bit more similar to this book to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, I still think that I cared about the characters in that book more. But it was kind of more that I think it was simple and like very bare bones narrative. But uh, is that the gecko or my yeah. cat? 
No, yeah. okay. digging Sorry. against the side of the tank. Okay, I just wanted to make she sure. She wants to wander the table, but we're not going to do that because it's cold in here. Yeah, no, no, I just... Sorry, Did I you just... stop or... No, 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 okay. we're still going. I just yeah. wanted to make sure because Danny's been having... Yep. No, she's just sitting on my shoe. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I think, and, and I don't know that I remember this accurately, so I'm just going to say this, and if anybody out there actually knows the truth behind this, they can they can call me on it. One of the first books that Anne McCaffrey ever wrote is a book called Restore. And it's about a woman that gets kidnapped from Earth, taken over by these alien species, and they do massive plastic surgery on her to make her perfect. Her body's perfect. Her skin tone is perfect. Um, and that was a testament to male writers' gaze on women in their science fiction books. So she purposely, she basically, I guess, was writing in satire. And my vague memory of this, when when Freedom's Landing came out, she did a, an interview and said that she wanted to write Restorate as if it were not a, I'm, I'm trying to stick it in the eye of men who write these stupid books where all of these women, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, what am I thinking, you know, when you see the covers, the women are all big boobed and big yeah, butt, yeah, and yeah. they're scantily clad, but they're out there fighting an alien. It's like, really, you're going to fight an alien <laughs> naked because that's productive. And so I think that hits on something key, though, is I think Anne McCaffrey was writing pulp style science fiction, no. not high end science fiction. I think even Dragon Riders of Pern, because it does borrow along on that, that fancy fantasy elements, I think. When she was writing it, it was in response to a like a pulp fiction style thing. The the you know the paperbacks that you pick up at the local store. I think her books are supposed to kind of reflect that easy like pick up and go and read. Um, kind of like a beach read, but science fiction. But science fiction. So I I think that's where that simplistic language comes in. But I think she's also then playing with those concepts that are introduced in these books. I don't I don't think that she's coming in here and and, and contesting like Dune or. Um, the foundation series or or any of the ones that you you mentioned i don't think she's trying to compete with them this one foundation yeah i only read the first book of foundation i never got any further but i was like oh here we go but yeah i don't i don't think she's coming she was ever coming at this with trying to like compete with that level of science fiction she's not going for literary potential i i think it was very much a read that someone would pick up when they're standing in line at the grocery store and they need a book because they're about to go do something. And they're like, well, yeah, this mean, isn't a romance novel. Maybe this one will do the trick. Let's admit it. Every single one of us who ever fell in love with Dragon Riders Apart, it's because you saw that first book and you saw the Michael Whelan cover with the dragon on there. And you're just like, yeah, I, I want to I want to know what this is about <laughs> because the artwork on the cover. No, you're, you're not. Into no, the I'm dragons. honestly not even sure how I found the first. Really? I must have found it in the library and it must have been the dragon part. Yeah, I always picked up. I always grab things that said dragon in the title. Yeah. And half See, the time they didn't actually have dragons in it. See, yeah. for me, what's funny is she's like that cover. The first time I read Dragon Riders of Pern, it was your beat up, stolen library. Shush! <laughs> I paid taped. for it. I paid for it. I <laughs> taped, just kept it. Taped, <laughs> taped binding because oh how God. often she had read it had no dust jacket, no cover art. It didn't. It, <laughs> it was just brown. I, I still have that. <laughs> Some of those covers are kind of ugly. Well, it was still the brown. Michael, the Michael Whelan ones weren't. I, yeah. I actually have Michael Whelan artwork. All I do too. Yeah, because some bedroom, of them are really I good. And other ones, I was like, ooh. Yeah, I've got a bunch of Michael, yeah, Michael Whelan art too. 
I, I'm one of the weirdos that have gone way. through the, the covers. And, and I actually emailed either Anne or Michael Whelan and asked why isn't Whelan doing the covers anymore. I can't remember which one of the two of them I emailed and and I got the answer back of the the um, publishers aren't willing to pay Whelan's prices anymore. So he did it. But then he did a commemorative. After she passed, he did a commemorative artwork from Dragon Riders. Oh, I think I've seen. I have it on my wall. Them. Yeah, it's so beautiful. But um, so that's from the the spaceship, and it's got her portrait on it, right? It's got yeah. her portrait on it, yeah, and a dragon on on the spaceship. But anyway, sorry, we're not landing. I told you we should have just done Dragon Riders. I have freedom landing. Is that the plot is just like meandering, and I mean, like you have the mystery of oh, what made the machines? Do we really care though? Not really, because the machines they figure out how to boost them right away. And then it's like, oh, I don't. Th- they well, like, figured the, out how to beat the machines, but there's this overlying thing. Well, yeah, but it's when like, is it gonna? When are they gonna show up? The because somebody created the machines. We're threatening for like the first time they met them, and then after that, it was just like, oh, we found them, we dismantled them. Two sentences. Now let's walk to the next valley that's identical and do the same thing. See, to me, the big mystery again. is how does how does any species, no matter how advanced they are create an entire planet where you, that's you're you're getting food that's how they're creating their food i mean one of the big issues in in on the on our planet is the fact that we're going to not be able to produce food on our planet any longer because we've destroyed it so how does that's 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 really advanced stuff where you can go on to another planet and set it up so that you can grow crops in this field and you can raise animals in this field and, and everything's separated. And then you have all these machines that go and herd everything in and then you actually convert it to meat. And then a ship comes, picks it all up and takes it back where you need it. That's that's amazing to me. Um, but, you know, I'm weird. So. Well, and I, I think on the, at the same time, a lot of the plot was the fact that if, humans were to be taken away from their current living situations, they would be able to progress again rather quickly because they'll be able to figure things out. Everything's handed to them. They get dropped on a planet that's actually pretty developed. They can find food everywhere they look, except for the deskies who are dying because of a nutrition deficiency. Should have happened to the people too, but it doesn't because that would just be inconvenient. And it's like, oh, and they're smelting ore in like two weeks because they landed with knives and a blanket and suddenly can just smelt things. Oh, because they've got what? Have you ever watched any of those shows where like they make them live in a colony or anything like that? No. Oh, (laughs) it actually like. And I'm sure those are super accurate. If you already have the knowledge to do something, it's not, they're not creating it. They have the knowledge. And they just keep getting people dumped on them. And it's like, oh, well, statistically, we've got some specialists in here, so we're A okay. It's just all too easy. They don't run into any. I I don't disagree with you. I I agree. It's it. it, So it's like as a survival book, it was extremely disappointing. I was like, Okay. I don't think it's a survival book. I think it's a colonization book. But I was expecting more of like survival, I guess, yeah. from the description. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't disagree mm-hmm. with you. It, this isn't, and I, I remember. Why every, is everyone white? Everyone's not white. At but the it's time, no, you got to okay. look at the time when she was writing. I know. I you know. don't, at the time that she was writing, you didn't spend a lot of time identifying people's identity, which. She did identify. If you were white, means you could put other people into roles. So you could say, okay, well, this person, because of the name, might have been this race or that race or whatever. Um, but in the 90s, you wrote, you whitewashed everything 
with the theory being that if somebody who is of another race is going to read this, they're going to put themselves in there. We have now found that doesn't work. We need to actually represent races and actually identify them. And that just wasn't done then. Plus, let's recognize a white woman talking about slavery. If she had made characters another color than white, might have gotten some serious pushback. Whether not whether then, she, not then, it like, wouldn't as, have been as you pointed out, though, it's not even really. I mean, like all of humanity is technically enslaved, or yeah. Whatever, but it's like not the main focus of the book. They're just basically getting captured and put on a plane. Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, she might have been aware of the fact that she wasn't someone who could be discussing. It was whitewashing at the time in terms of most literature. It's only within the last ten to fifteen years that we are that editors focusing will push on back and say. Because I've had editors push back and say, not that I've written, I've just submitted, or I've been published, I've just submitted for publication and never been picked up. But they pushed back and said, I don't know what color these people are. You need to identify these these people. And then yeah. that's when I get uncomfortable because I'm like, I don't know how to identify them other than to do stereotypical things. Because yeah. I'm a white person. Which is so. why now we, we have it that most modern literature, people get really upset when white individuals Right. Yeah, represent or any individuals actually, not even white. When you write in a cultural ethnicity other than your own and make presumptions about it, there tends to be pushback and displeasure because yeah. what right do you have to write about something you don't know? Yeah. So, but that wasn't the case when Freedom's Landing came out. That wasn't. And and she got away with, and she did it in Dragon Riders of Pern, of just stating that someone is of this race. Yeah, and I guess with Dragon Riders of Pern too, it's like they've been on a planet for a long time. So it's, but like this one, I didn't even really, like at first I was like, okay, whatever. I'd expect this in like a 90s sci-fi book. But then when she like starts listing out the countries that they're getting captured from, and it's all ones where like most people would just probably assume that the characters are white, like the United States, Canada, England, Ireland, France, Germany, Scandinavian countries. I mean, obviously they're not homogeneously white, but the Scandinavian countries are almost homogenous. Well, I didn't want to make generalizations. No, no, I haven't been there. And that's what I'm saying. In England, no. There's a lot of white, but there's a lot of people of color that live in England. Ireland is the same way. There's a lot of people of color that And in in America. And Australia. And Australia. Yeah. Um, but and and the other thing I will say is because she she set herself up at the beginning of the book because Chris comments that as far as Chris knew, they were only pop- pulling from high density populated which, cities. Which, which means they should have been. Yeah, then you should have had some. Particularly but, but, Detroit. The, it sh- should have been actually. Uh, well, I don't know. I wouldn't have to look at the statistics. Of yeah, but, population but in I think. Detroit, I, but but well, the countries that are being pulled from are countries that have industrialization significantly where people are gathering together in tighter knit groups, which was making it easier for the cats to come in and kidnap them. Right. But then you should have like Chinese populations and Indian populations. And y- yes. We don't know that they won't get dropped more significantly. Right. It's the books, just that so. it yeah. was very, as it went on, it was like, it was very glaringly obvious that oh, like, yeah. all these nice rebellious countries fighting back against the oppressors were all the, <laughs> Who knows? Maybe uh, the problem is, is the other countries that actually haven't figured out how to keep the cats away <laughs> and we're just too stupid <laughs> to not get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a writing at the times. So yeah, yeah, there really yeah. was a, it's a just philosophy. It kind of started to like, niggle at me like, 
just like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. No, yeah, and in, in take, reading it out of context of that time frame, oh yeah, someone would, if someone were to just pick this up right now and read it, not know when it was published, not think about when it's published, not take the time to think about those things, yeah, yeah they'd probably push it aside, set it aside, be displeased with it. It, it. If it were published right now, it would not hold up well. But it is it probably wouldn't look the same if it was published right now. Yeah. Um, and and this probably would be something that if this was your first ever Anne McCaffrey read, probably wouldn't make you a strong, strong Anne McCaffrey, McCaffrey fan. Yeah, exactly. It was like yeah. this is the first book I read from her. I would just set it back down and be like, that was a weird read. <laughs> it other, is a bit of a weird read. The other thing I will say, I don't. I, I, currently, I can't remember what happens in the next two books. I will say though that this series is not written. I hope they find the fucking machines at some point. Well, so what I will say is, is this isn't a series. Sorry, I'm having hiccups. <laughs> this isn't a series where she had to write the first book to prove that she could write the entire trilogy. This is one of those situations where the author's been given the freedom to write the trilogy. It's actually now four books, but we're only reading the original trilogy. Um, where she was given the freedom to write the original tri- this original trilogy because she had a short story proving it was interesting. So I feel like she didn't tackle this with like, I've got to catch people on the first book. It was very much a, the story is going to play out throughout all three books. So she could slow it down, which does make it seem a little bit more slower paced. And, and that would be a, little bit a criticism and, that I have. Cause if you're going to write a trilogy, each individual book has to stand alone. And this book does not stand alone. Yeah. I you think have, to get the story, you have to have a trilogy. Cause if you think about Dragon Riders of Fern, just to, to, for an example, the first book is very much about getting less. Uh, I don't know how everybody else says Lessa's name, but yeah, it, it, about getting her to be the queen writer. And then the second book is about bringing the ancients back, right? If, if I'm remembering That's correctly. That's the first book. Is that still in the first book? Okay. We should probably Here. not go for spoilers. Okay. okay. So yeah. we're going to give an example. Another example of hers is the series Acornia. The first book is just about the unicorn alien girl learning who she is. <laughs> That's the first book. And then it continues to increase as it gets popular. She continues to write stories and even writes a subset of that series. But in that case, she wrote a singular contained story and then continued to expand upon it. However, Freedom, uh, the, the Cat Academy series here was a trilogy. It was a three-part series that has been split or a three-part story that's been split into three sections um, and not each is its own individual story necessarily. Okay, so we've now spent about 26 minutes critiquing everything, but we've not even like discussed the plot, we've discussed the characters. We don't often go into Bushy Tom Club. <laughs> we just but, kind of bounce all but, over the place. But we actually haven't discussed the book, we've just been giving criticism. <laughs> so these people get dropped on a planet, they wander around for a while, recreating civilization, <laughs> and then the book ends. Okay. There She's not go. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What did you think of Chris then? She's a character that exists. Okay. Did you, what did you think of Chris? I like Chris. I think she's a little Mary Sue-ish. She's, she's, she's pretty talented, but it's all explained with she went through survival training. So it's, what's that? Oh, I was just saying I did have something I wanted to say, okay. but I didn't want to interrupt you. No, say it. Yeah. Oh, I, when I was reading it, I felt like, um, Granted, there was that Mary Sue quality, I guess. But honestly, reading it, I was like, if the author had made this a male character, it would have just been a standard male character. Like, I didn't have an issue with making her so capable 
Yeah. Oh, because she was just well, like a standard sci-fi hero, and it, the fact that and she was female, I was like, okay. Yeah. I think that's like three fourths of the point of it is that she is just is, writing is standard. A she character. is a standard male hero with a female dressing. Yeah. So she's kind of like uh, Ellen Ripley from Alien, where it's like yeah. the character, and then they just happen to cast a female. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think Anne McCaffrey probably very intentionally went, a female can do all, all of these it. things mm-hmm. and it not be a big deal. Yeah. Um, and just because it's female and she takes care of the poor girl who's been raped doesn't mean that, you know, it's this emotional, she now has to protect her forever. She can still continue to function. There was, there was no emotion there. She no. was like, get this child away from me. Which I, I understood. I was like, oh, yeah. I totally did too. I did too. Um, but, you know, it's a woman. And and some people would look at that and be like, oh my God, how heartless of her not to, you know, commiserate with a poor woman who experienced, you know, another woman who experienced the situation. But if it was a man in that situation... They'd be like, oh, yeah, of course, he should just give, you know, get himself space. He needs to be doing other things. This is not his primary focus. Um, so I think the entire point of Chris is that she is supposed to be, even her name. Yeah. Chris. True. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. To, to clarify, I wasn't saying the Mary Sue thing was a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I know. Right. Um, but it was an easy way to get her doing the experience exploration yeah. aspect of it yeah. which is what this is it's exploration it's colonization it's it's survival not so much in the literal survival sense but it's survival so it's um it's figuring out a new space yeah yeah and it's nice too because you know, a lot of times at least with like books written now it always seems like there's almost like like a self-doubt quality that the character has the female character has to go through mm-hmm. before she can be capable yeah. or like apologetic almost yeah and you have to deal with that. Yeah, like, no. Chris is like, Mm-mm. no. Chris is like, I'll shoot you. She's like a fully actualized <laughs> character. She knows what she's. Well, I think needs the to do. introduction to her, the fact that she had been caught and then escaped onto the planet and was surviving and not actually dealing with any of the enslavement is instantly told you this is someone who knows what the fuck she's doing you can trust that when she's doing all the rest of the stuff it's because you instantly meet her having managed to do it by herself so her then going and doing everything else yeah is believable you don't question i wouldn't judge a male character for the things that are happening so i'm not gonna yeah yeah Yeah. so what about (laughs) zeno i know what he looked like um just kept getting vague references. Apparently, grayish skin, slate gray hair, uh, yellow eyes. Very kind of human, but then other times it was like not very human. And so I was like, I don't know how to picture this guy. Yeah, I just picture somebody huge, which is weird because he's like kind of tall. So is it just like an enormously wide person that looks like really weird? So this is what one person drew. Let me see. That's just a man who's been colored gray. Yeah. This is the only fan art there is, okay? I can only do (laughs) so much. I mean, they like took a photo and just like. But I can almost say he looks like they're supposed to be humanoid. Um, And and they have similar. Reproductive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that I didn't want to, but I just kept picturing. Yeah. Cat ears. And- well, and then when you get to the very end, and she's like, "Oh, you have no hair," and I'm like, "Wait, no, cats have hair." <laughs> it's like, well, what, do you, "What do you mean he doesn't have shit?" What, what? That did throw me the whole cat thing. Other than I know oh. Anne McCaffrey has an obsession with cats, cats. and horses. Cats and horses. Um, 
she loves cats and horses. She she that's why the dragons are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, her combination of a cat and a horse in terms of personality. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the whole cat thing had me like picturing a cat person. Isn't that a different book? Doesn't she have one that has a cat person? I can't remember. Just me as a cornea for a unicorn. No, I haven't read a cornea. Yeah, she hasn't read it. I started reading it, and I started reading it, and I could not get my head around this little girl that's a a unicorn. You have unicorn. I I just I could not, and I think the other problem is is so supposedly all of these books. Well, they're all in the same universe, and I mean that literally as well as her writing universe. So they're all connected, um, and I could not figure out where the unicorn person <laughs> resided with my so dragons. So she has, but I think these are actual cats. She has a series that's called The Tales of the Bark Cats, but it's B-A-R-Q-U-E. It says pilot, navigator, engineer, doctor, scientist, ship's cat, question mark, all the essentials to the well-staffed space vessel. Since the early days of the interstellar traveler, when Tuxedo Thomas, a Maine Coon cat, showed what a cat could do for a ship and its crew, (laughs) the so-called Bark Cats have become highly prized crew members. I've never even heard of this, so no, it's not that. (laughs) It has 3.59 stars, so... (laughs) Um, It's one that she wrote with Elizabeth Ann... Scarborough. Yeah. She writes with her. Yeah. With yeah. A lot too. So, but yeah, that's the only cat book that came up in my okay. research. Okay. Yeah, it's a know. literal, literal cat. I could be making it. <laughs> so, so you are indifferent to, um, I was indifferent to all of them. Mitford, Zinal, and Chris were the only ones I could remember. Okay. Um, what about the Doyles? You didn't like the Doyles? I liked the Doyles. Well, I thought they, they were, were funny. for like two chapters. And, then... and I cared about who. Oh, the, the, des- the Desky. Yeah, the Desky. Yeah. yeah, I guess. But also if they just killed them off screen, I would have been like, all right. Okay, Kim. So what <laughs> did you think of Zanel? Um, I, I like Zanel at this point just because we know so little about him. Yeah. And he clearly has um, more going on than than is being presented in the in this first book. So you know, I know we're gonna we're gonna progress. And him dealing, he being in Masi, yeah, is what what I would say. Um, and then having to deal with the Eos. Um, correct me if I'm saying it wrong. Is- Eosi? Eosi? It yeah, it I? ends with an I. Okay. EOC, I think. EOSI. I, I tend to just EOSI? slide over EOSI? words that are made up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um it's just I, I find it that interesting about him. Um I also like the fact that he and this has come up in other books, he expects her to be capable. Yeah. And he doesn't care that she's not dainty and and, and romancing her is not about making her not have to be capable it's it's just giving her yeah. creature comforts yeah <laughs> that is kind of funny big bed big bed see <laughs> tall i throw you <laughs> but you know in most other books it'd be oh no, no no i won't allow you to go in there because it could hurt you and that's why this yeah. is how i show my love is i will protect you instead him it's like i belong to her <laughs> <laughs> well, i love that scene where he's when, he, when yeah. he's talking to the the people that landed nope she's in charge yeah what are you gonna do about it yeah. She makes the decisions. 
<laughs> You're afraid of me and I'm afraid of her. <laughs> Think about that. Yep. <laughs> um, so I like that about him. Like in terms of like of love interest, I think I was indifferent for lack of better word to describe it. Like I'm cool with them being together, but I'm like, oh my God, they fell in love. Thank God. I was just like, oh, okay. It's a thing. I it's liked there. that everybody else was like, really? This is where you want to go? You know who these people are, right? All yeah. these creatures are. You know what they've done to us, right? Why yeah. are you going there? And and she had to fight with her own people to say, mm-hmm. hey, this this one's different. Yeah. And we need to acknowledge that you're being prejudiced based on their behaviors and maybe not everybody behaves the same. Well, and I appreciated the fact that her being all, oh, don't be prejudiced. But then she still had moments where she was like, oh, shit, I said that to him or I thought that and yeah. crap, I shouldn't be thinking that. But, but she still had those moments, that awareness that you're not just magically perfect instantly. Yeah. You are still capable of having those flaws yourself. And that the key isn't that you always be perfect, but you take that second to go, shit, no, no, dumb me. Um, and, and she does that because she yells at him and then she's just like, God, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's important. The fact that this character is not, She's she's a Mary Sue at times, but she's not perfect in her in her imperfection. She goes, crap, I've got stuff I still need to learn. Learn and, and work out. Yeah. Um, clearly post-traumatic. She's yeah. literally kidnapped off her, off her planet, put into enslavement. She escapes. She's in hiding. And then she gets dragged back into it. Yeah. And then they discover what they think they're going to is one thing. But they're being left there to survive because that's how when they can't colonize a planet, they throw their slaves on it. Yeah. Murphy tried to come in with you. Sorry, we were letting Danny out before the other cats are currently trapped. Um, but yeah, so I like that. Yeah. And, um, one of the things is that Anne McCaffrey does really well that I enjoy is, is she writes military characters really well. Mitford. Mitford. <laughs> you know, this whole, and I love that closing chapter yeah Mitford may not be as altruistic as everyone thinks he is he may be thinking I'm gonna keep this planet for me I am going to be superior here he's he's got a long-term goal going on there yeah um but she writes she writes military characters well her son is in the military so it's it's understandable but yeah she she writes military characters very very well she does it in all of the books yeah yeah knowing this was in the 90s knowing that I grew up in the military during yeah. that time frame, this Mitford easily felt like someone who I'd run into on a base. He felt I, like a Marine. I felt like I, oh, I think he was Army. He was a Marine. Oh, was he? I believe so. I think he was Marine. Okay. But, Somebody calls him Army and he says oh. Marine, which oh, is okay, yeah. very Marine. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, no, that's, that's right. I'm but, not one of them. I'm this one. But he still felt like someone who I would like. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm nearly positive I ran into this man. Somewhere. Somewhere in my childhood, if not multiple times. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I liked him, but I did like the end. I liked the end of that last, that last chapter about Mitford and the fact that there's more going on there. He's not just trying to save everybody. He's, he's. And, and there's a, like midway through it, I was like, oh God, there's this weird, like parallel between Mitford and George Washington. Is it? Yeah. I don't know much about George Washington. So, so, cause he gets to a point where he's like, he's like, if, if, you think you can do it better then you take over. And they go, no, 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 no. And then they call him a king. And he's like, I'm not a king. Don't call me that. George Washington yeah, yeah, had yeah. that same like 
fine. If nobody else will do it, I'll do it. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll just make you the new monarchy. And he went, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to. Right. Um, but that's where the, the last paragraph is so cool. Yeah. Because he's playing the con. He's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Um, but I, I liked the whole it, almost subtle, like, nod to American history and the recognition that these altruistic people are not always altruistic. Not how we necessarily remember them and that there's yeah. probably more to them than we. Are you bored over there? <laughs> you do realize the microphone is picking up all of those little. Oh, oh apologies. <laughs> you can't doodle while we're talking. <laughs> Did you want to hold the get go? <laughs> Let me turn down the AC. My hands are cold. No, she needs to be warm. I know, I was going to say warm, but then I was like, I, I would be lying. Yeah. They're, they're kind of on the chilly side. Still warm and probably going to surround you. Well, in her preference, she will probably climb she up your shoulder into on, your hoodie. And into your hair. She likes to do that. Have you know? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think Honey Lemon's been out when you're... Certainly not this one. <laughs> I've only seen using pictures on Instagram. Just be mindful of her tail. Like, don't, like, she, rub it. If she gets too scared, if, if she, she gets, gets too scared, scared, they'll drop the tail. She right, doesn't yeah. move fast. Kaboom does. Oh, yeah. Kaboom is Duke Kaboom. He's the other gecko. He, and he, he is he he lives up to he, his name yeah the first time we had him because for people because you know we're just gonna be chaotic here uh the first time duke kaboom was held he nose died from my height which is a, well, we're gonna say about five four foot six is where he was at my chest level height and nose died onto the ground at the whole whopping age of like six months yeah <laughs> and has not she's stopped over there yeah she's art um my computer <laughs> all right so do we have other things we want to discuss in terms of freedom's landing like is there any major points that you guys felt were necessary to discuss no it's it's it, it's a simplistic book it's a simplistic story but yeah you know, it's it's meant to be so so where do you guys think it's gonna go well i hope they find out the, what those machine makers are i guess um <laughs> I mean, again, the machines aren't very compelling since I don't even know what they look like. Um, I would have liked a little bit more description in that aspect. That's fair. I, I yeah. would say that the yeah, machines like, are pretty... At one point, they're described as cubes by yeah. Zynal. He, like, makes a cube motion when he... I think that was the crates, wasn't it, or no? Or I thought it was the harvesters. But then there's different machines, so I don't yeah. think they look different. And then the drones that can fly apparently have wings, because they mentioned the needles being in the wings. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, they have wings. Learn that. Murphy, stop! But yeah, it's like, I just... I think I'm thinking of, like, uh, maybe of Rama. Rendezvous with Rama, where they go to, like, an alien ship. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's full of technological things. Oh my god, this has been so long since I read it, so I could be very wrong. But I just remember it being more detailed, and so you could really kind of imagine all the crazy stuff they were seeing. And this, it was just like... So this is one of the the criticisms that Anne McCaffrey often gets. She writes sci-fi without getting deep into the sci. Um, and so, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't envision the ship. Well, I, I'm sure in the ship that's who's saying she does. Um, Honestly, I think they're just like pointy ships. Yeah, yeah. 
Typical like rocket. rocket. Yeah. yeah, typical rocket. Shape. At least I think that's what was on the cover, so that's yeah. what was in yeah. my head. I don't yeah. even know if we yeah. get that much description. Well, yeah. some, no, one of the ships I was landing, I think she uh, compared to the Challenger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so we got a couple descriptions for those particular ships. Yeah. Um, but not the not the robots, but they're like, I don't know what the robots in the slaughterhouse look like. Okay. Um, other than that, there was a flying So drone. when we look at science fiction, there are different types of science fiction. There's there's hard science fiction where you're you're getting, look, kaboom, he's with us now. He oh, probably needs cool. a lid. He's actually gotten bigger since the last time I've seen him. I do. You're looking at me. All it's right. Like, what is happening? But yeah, so. no, that's, that's a criticism. Oh, going on. Then there's the big epics foundation series doing mm-hmm. all of those. Um, we get entire chapters describing ships. Yeah. <laughs> and other things. Okay. And then there's space operas. And Anne McCaffrey is seriously a safe opera. Sa- space opera. It's a soap opera set in space. And that's what she writes. And yeah, not a not a space opera like Star Wars style space opera, like space soap opera. Yeah. And is and what this would be. And that's what she that's what she writes. And so yeah. if that's not what you want, you're not is and people hate it. what space opera is. Like yes. A soap opera, but in space. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Um how <laughs> well, well, I thought it was supposed to be some sort of fancy sci-fi story because they're calling it an opera. Mm-mm. Well, there. I thought that for a really long time, and then I I, ta- I had a friend who loves space opera. So what it is is a space opera is a subgenre of science fiction that emphasizes science fictional space warfare mm-hmm. with use of melodramatic, risk taking space adventures and chivalric sh- sh- chivalric chivalric romance. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars. Is a space opera. I guess Dune is too. Yeah, because there's the relationship. Between yeah, Paul so and the, Dune and is a, is a space opera. Um, Red Rising is a space opera. Um, and McCaffrey, I, I don't. She doesn't do the 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 space war fighting, but yeah, she, it's, it's more about interpersonal relations than I, sci- science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there are other subgenres that she might actually fit better for science fiction. I don't know. Are there, what are, what are science Let's go down to fiction subgenres? Genres, if I can spell you right. No, your science fiction subgenres. Alien invasion. Alternate history. Apocalyptic, cyberpunk, hard science fiction, horror, which we did last time. That was a horror science fiction. Uh, Military science fiction, mystery, soft science fiction. Anne McCaffrey's considered soft science fiction. In fact, they give her as the example of soft, (laughs) soft science fiction, space opera, steampunk. Superhero or metahuman, time travel, and Western. So she actually is a subgenre soft science fiction, which in soft science fiction, technology exists, exists, but it could be confused with fantasy elements. If you've read Anne McCaffrey's pun novels, you'll know what I mean. The dragon's ability to teleport is just accepted by everyone and never explained, kind of like the way odd Star Trek movies used to suck. It's just one of those things. <laughs> is what this person said. <laughs> That's what that person said because yeah. it is explained. But 
I know. I saw you raising your hand. Soft science. Pond. My brain's everywhere. Okay, yeah. So the reason why it's soft science fiction is a genre that consists of science fiction or futuristic elements, but does not delve deep into the technical details of the science. It puts more focus on psychology, society, culture, and politics. So this is not a space opera. This is soft science fiction. Okay. I had somebody else describe it to me differently, whereas where I went with the space yeah. opera. And it made sense if you made it a soap opera space yeah. opera. That yeah. But that's what my friend read was more of the, uh, not the, uh, more of a soap operas in space. space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be what soft, they now call soft, soft science, science, science fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's probably differentiating into even more yeah. sections as time goes on. Yeah. It, and it's, it makes it so hard to find science fiction that you like. Yeah. Is because there are i mean i named what 12 different kinds yeah. and they are all very different yeah a few can kind of mesh together but like a space western versus a space opera very yeah. different and then if you're in a library and you only read like the blurb and it's not very clear and then you yeah. read it and it's like this is not what i wanted at all is, is this from experience nice if, if with science fiction what what you showed on the back of that one book in, in your one tiktok oh thing, yeah they actually she you don't want do you do tiktok okay no, so no. there's a certain publishing company because i'm we're gonna they're called hot key books they're a british publishing company uh, you have currently two of the books that i have from them they do a key on the back it's a little circle and it has three different colors and then it has three words so for the example, the one I have in there, it has sisters, witchcraft, and I can't remember what the last word is right now. Um, and so it gives you like the three key topics that that book so covers. So if, if you like sister stories, you know, you're going to get that in there. If you like witchcraft stories, you know, and, yeah. and it would be nice with science fiction if they would do that because then, yeah. then they could say. Because like the one fiction. you have for me right now, um, uh, the Twisted Tree, it says Norris, Dark, and I think Horror on the back. Um, so I, I actually, I'm what very Norris, Norse, Norse mythology. Oh, sorry. She sorry. Said the word wrong. Sorry. I, I, I did, corrected her, but I decided not I'm to be sorry. a mother at that moment. I thought that was like a statistic. No, term. no, I'm right. For listeners, I've got a high stress re- week coming, which means my words are being more muddled and I'm like, it's all right. my brain's sorry. going faster than my mouth. Did not mean to call attention to it. <laughs> no, it's okay. I <laughs> thought I was missing something. No, so that's that that key would be. I wish more book, books did that. It would be nice to know like what the three main themes of a book are at because a glance. The, the synapse, synopsis that they give. Um, if you get one, sometimes it's just yeah. like reviews that people exactly. Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah they, they well, but they, and they're, and trying, they're trying, to trying to sell, sell you the, the book. story, yeah. whereas. The, the the little key thing it's just not you flip the book over and you look oh okay it's like the tags on the yeah pick. yeah yeah or you remember remember oh do you know you guys are too young when i was a kid there were granimals oh, there were clothes and you mm-hmm. look at the tags and they would tell you which clothes go together based oh. on the tags it was nice i love granimals but yeah i i wish more books did that because Easy to dress because I read the like synopsis to get an idea of whether or not I might find it interesting. But like when I'm in a mood read, I, I want to be able to flip it over and be like, oh, I don't want a sister story or, oh, man, mythology. I want mythology right now. Um, I feel like and- that's why I haven't read a lot of the books you, that you've lent me, because um, just from like the titles or whatever, they just seem like they're going to be dark or 
fantasy magic and there's like i just don't know what else is in them i'm like uh, i don't know i feel like it but right wouldn't it be cool if it had it where you could be like oh okay it says witchcraft maybe i don't want witchcraft oh but you know it says like, horror oh, it oh. Has humor or something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly yeah i i I think everyone needs to petition that all publishing companies <laughs> should take up what Hotkey Books does. Because I love it. As long as they don't get too detailed, though, because I don't want to be totally spoiled. Oh, no, three words. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's three words. Like yeah, yeah. Just to give you the... The themes. The themes yeah. of the book. Or the, yeah. No, I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't call it themes. I would call that... I don't know. I don't like know. tags. Like, yeah. like... Yeah. Just, but yeah. Simple, big tags. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you see one thing on there that you're just going to be like, mm, no, I'm, I'm just not going there. I'm not going there today. Because particularly, like, you know, uh, at least I know with people on, on Book Talk, I have tons of, of books. I have a huge to-be-read list, TBR. And I, when I am trying to find what I want to read, I end up having to read, like, a chapter or two. And then I go, no, this is not the flavor we wanted today. And then I have to set it back. But like it could take me three days to get through, you know, six, Two seven, eight books per book, book, yeah. per book of like, is this is this the flavor I want? I don't remember why I bought you, <laughs> but I bought you for a reason. Um, or it was just delivered in a subscription box. Oh, there's been a couple of those, but most of my most of my current TBR mm-hmm. is books that I've you seen intentionally buy. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, why, why did I pick you? How, what was my priority at that time that I put money forward towards you? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, now coming back around. So this is a soft science fiction, yeah. which is why it doesn't have the descriptions you like. I now know avoid soft science fiction I mean, for if Sarah. I just vague about why things work they do, that's fine. I don't need like a full physics description on like, things well this one is kind of cool but it's not necessary but i do want to know what i'm supposed to be looking at like or what which is why i said sarah does not like soft science fiction the exception being dragon riders of pern but again it has it leans more heavily into the fantasy what the ships look like and stuff inside yeah but that was like how many how many books in by that point the other thing to know about because we're going to end up in dragon riders of pern she actually um like the thread fall that yeah. was actually scientifically planned out her yeah she yeah. had a, a, a i can't remember who a buddy plan out when the thread would fall based mm-hmm. on and the the star system that pern is in is an actual star system yeah um and uh i can't even remember See, what i else. just feel like she put more effort into that series and then well, this one well, she, wrote, again. she wrote 22 books for I dragon know, riders of pern there's this four for this a, one this is a side project that's, what I was that's for the main it has all the depth of, like it's something she just wrote out so you probably like in cornea then because that has nearly as much uh, thought process as i think you would like a cornea other than the girl that is a unicorn, unicorn. i don't know <laughs> but it's kind of funny like she wrote it with it like i think i'm just gonna stick with dragon riders with because i'm nearly positive she had people go why is it that all of your aliens are always so humanoid and she went fine Fuck it. I'll just Here's an air unicorn. She has a horn. She has a horn. And she and has, has hooked, and, hooked and legs. Just two oh, legs, but she has God. like hooked legs and stuff. Yeah. I had a hard oh. time getting past it. But people <laughs> what people Oh, it's really love good. I love that book. And it's it's love funny. It. You would like um 
I'll take that as a challenge if you finish that sentence. I'll be like, I'll show you. You I would hate the like fuck out of it. You would no, because you've already told me you didn't read it. Because I almost named Allie after um, Crystal Singer. You would like Crystal Singer. Sounds boring. Anyways, <laughs> by the title. By the title. You 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 decided it's boring based on the title. Well, yeah. It's like Dragon Drums. Anything with music in the name, I'm like. Oh. She is very music oriented, and and Crystal Singer is about. There are people who are pitch perfect and they make crystal sets. Oh, it's young adult. Sarah won't tackle it. It is not young adult. Yeah. Just because. Okay. But it's not like 2000s young adult or. It, no, it's not. No, it's adult. from 1982. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't necessarily be identical to all the other YA novels currently being. It features out, the transition by Kilashonda Ree, a young woman who has failed as an operatic soloist, the occupation of crystal singer on the fictional planet of. Valley Barn. The novel is based on short stories written in 1974 in the first book uh, McCaffrey set in her crystal universe. Um, I love that you could say Kilachandra Re without, you've heard that enough. Yeah. yeah. Because I almost named Allie Kilachandra. Yeah. Damn. You wouldn't love that So Kilachandra, I can say. Valley Barn. <laughs> how, how do you spell that? B-A-L-L-Y-B-R-A-N. Okay, yeah, Valley Barn. Yeah, which I believe is an actual place in Ireland. Yeah, I think it, so too. It did sound kind of. And she loves Irish. She, There's she, a lot of Bally whatever in. in really, Anne McCaffrey loves Irish. She's she American lives, who she uh, immigrated, to, immigrated Ireland. to Ireland. Yes, that's why I was saying Anne McCaffrey. Yes, that's such well, a surprise. <laughs> McCaffrey isn't necessarily. Actually, I think that's Scottish. I know. I was like, oh, um, I Scottish. But again, I think I heard that she was Irish. Something. She, she she lived in Ireland. Yeah. She lived in Ireland after her, her the kids after her kids were born. Yeah, she moved to Ireland. Okay, so now that we have done everything but really talked about, right? we talked. There's, there, there's really not a lot oh, to talk about substance. it yet. It, 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 it is it is a setup for a series. Yeah. And so we're we get to the end of the book and we're waiting for something to happen. The the okay Katenis to show up. Content, but <laughs> asshole shitting his pants up the side. <laughs> no, he shit them. Did he? Yes, yes he did. Because he was incontinent, and they said yeah. it stank. It was he. It no, could have been, it could have been urine. Pee. It's both. Um, it is. It is both. And 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 they. She went into great deal Detail describing how, how stinky it was. it was, and that they had to leave the door doors well, open. But but yeah. But what she did say was to dry him off. So I think yeah. it was urine. I think it was just well, a very... Well, he said he left a streak on the... Of urine. Of urine? Okay, fine. Fluid either way. Streak. Either way. That I was know, hilarious. I, 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 I think she doesn't say it very explicitly this way, but it was said he did not shit himself, but he oh. was... He did lose control of his uh, of his bladder. Because I think shitting himself would be mildly worse than vomiting. So the fact that she thought it was... Oh, that maybe that's what she said. He she said vomit. he didn't actually vomit, okay. but he got incontinent. So I was like... I okay. feel like shitting would be a level above. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I guess vomit, I was just assuming that it was then, you know. No, but but yeah. Either also, way. But then she like describes really that he, his pants. The, the air flowing up there would yeah. allow him to <laughs> get dried off. And then I love they just lower him down the hill after after he's hitting Knocked him, him out. out. And then <laughs> just threw him in there. Yeah, he stayed unconscious for a long time yeah. after well, they, she she needed to heads. pull that obnoxious character out so they could all go have sexy times yeah, in the well, back, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, they left the one guy up there, there so yeah. he didn't have a mate. 
And then the two fight. were already paired off. And, and, they, just yeah, went off and then they had to knock out the, the, the other guy and throw him in there. And then the pairs just wandered off to do their thing for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how are you keeping track of, you know, the bad guys coming or whatever if you're off having... We're going to have fun and we'll deal with that when it comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I did enjoy that because for that character, it was... She... She writes those characters really well because yeah. you just really, you just hate them from the minute they start. And th- that character exists in almost every book she writes. Yeah. yeah. She she has a thing. She is a clear inspiration somewhere for yeah, there. But she we has, won't discuss what that could be. Men who she does not like. That's, yeah. that's just pure and simple facts. And, and I will say that that's the nice thing is, is she does, while each character can sometimes come off as bland, you can tell that somewhere she met someone and they were an inspiration for it. So Sandy, Patty, and and she the Doyles in, in, in the, interviews she talks about that all the time. Yeah, if she, there is a character that you see, yeah, it's because it's, she's based on somebody. She yeah, because um, these are these were all characters that I could at least I could visualize them. Even when it was something just as simple as his name is Oscar and he's Norwegian. That's where they were from. Um, and they started talking. I could I could picture who that probably was just by his the way he talked. He didn't I didn't need to know exactly what he looked like. I could picture him because he was slow and he was cautious, but still making wisecracks every once in a while. Like I could picture it. Um so I also like there's there's another aspect of this mm-hmm. book that I really like. I like that while we had a main character, so we had mm-hmm. Chris and we had Zainal. Um, <laughs> we would drop out of that their story and go to Mitford's story, and we would drop out of Mitford's story and go back to and and there were a lot of characters coming and going. They weren't always it wasn't always just the same group. It started as the same group in the beginning, yeah. and then as more characters came in. And more people were dropped on the planet. More of them came in and out of the story. And they floated in and out. It yeah. wasn't, oh, I have to use this character for a specific thing. Yeah. They were just people living yeah. there. living, interacting in life. All right. I think we're losing Sarah's attention. <laughs> so I think it's time to start wrapping up. Would you agree? So. We're done. Did you have anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she said that like five minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, on that note, Sarah, on a scale of one to five, how exciting was it? Uh, I gave it a one or a zero, whatever that one on the far. Okay, so you, like, negatively found it boring. Boring, okay. Kim? I gave it the five in in the sense that I really like colonization stories. So, I, I, I like the feel of it. I don't think it's her best book, but it wasn't. Yeah, I liked it. In terms of exciting, I think I'd give it probably a three. There's no moments that have you like, oh God, what's going to happen? But I didn't, I wasn't displeased reading it. It, it. Like it didn't have thrilling moments, but it was, it was solid. Um, Sarah, ease of reading. I gave it a two. You found it hard. Ease of reading. Okay, yeah. Because you, you found it, it difficult to read. It was extremely easy to read. read. Okay. But <laughs> it was a chore to read. Okay. So. Okay, fair, fair. That's why I was like, That's so my brain was glitching. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know what anything was. I yeah. didn't know the Kim, a five, just because her books are just easy to read, just really at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I give it a five too. Is this is definitely something that 
if you, you know, I'll say if you having been this child, if you're a parent and you have a child that's interested in science fiction and you want to trust that they will actually be able to understand the basics of what's going on. This is probably a pretty solid read for someone who's like 14, 15, 16, younger than 14. There are a couple of scenes in there that maybe it's not explicit, but if you're concerned about sexual content, it is mentioned. Well, there's one I I wouldn't call it not not explicit based on modern times Mm. yeah well Um, okay let me clarify explicit than i was expecting it's not as split as explicit as a court of thorns and roses right but it's more explicit than what you usually get in dragon riders of thorn yes 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 Yes. um which is why i was like oh she went there there. (laughs) um however i will say also that it is respectful at the same time like it wasn't like yeah it was solid so yeah um Sarah, your emotional reaction. I gave it a zero. A zero, okay. Not like, even a one, not even a one. Well, I no, sorry. I mean, like a three. Oh, a three, okay. No, I, I was indifferent to it. Okay. I wasn't like, God, fuck this book. Which so it's no ra- in the Raffinist Star. Yeah, yeah, no, I think mean, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> you guys do. What? That, that's me. your scale of like what's awful is in the Raffinist Star. <laughs> I still do not forgive that book for making me read it. <laughs> Not you, the book. book. Yeah, yeah. existing and yeah. like being something that had to be read. So, Kim. Five. I like the characters. I okay. like them a lot. Okay. Uh, I think I think this is a four. And for me, it's a four because I did read this younger. And it's nice going back to something I remember. And I I, I mentioned it. I, I, rem- I can't remember the exact details because I've now probably read like 500, 600 books since then easily given that I've read like a, over a hundred this year alone. Um, so I couldn't give you specific details, but I remember enjoying the series and rereading it. I'm like, Oh, that's right. Plus I enjoy the lingo in it. It's so, I said that weird lingo. 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 No, that's no, what you said the first time. No. I said, I said <laughs> lingo, but it's lingo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I enjoy the, lingo that was used god say it again <laughs> lingo, lingo lingo because it's becoming not a word and it's awesome <laughs> lingo oh better okay <laughs> i enjoyed the lingo that's <laughs> the sentence the slang. i enjoyed the slang yeah, in yeah. it because it was slang that i can remember from my childhood that is no longer used that i found Hilarious. Oh. That was painful. <laughs> For anyone listening, wondering, that is how my brain is 90% of the time. Um, I work very hard. It still comes through, but I work very hard to hide that. Um, and God, it's hard. Okay. Sarah, overall rating? Uh, two. Two stars. Okay. Kim, overall rating? I gave it a five, but it's probably actually a four. Okay. It's it's, it's just, just like on the cusp of each. I can't describe to you. Anna Caffrey's my favorite writer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard for her not to be anything. You enjoy it because of the taste of Anne McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe not your favorite Anne McCaffrey. Yeah. Fair. I gave it a four star. It it It's aged now, 
And so, like, I couldn't give it a full five stars because did I could we have see a the age. Piece conversation? We did. We did. It yes. Aged. It's it's, it, it's periodic. It's not aged. It's it's. Just, I'm, I'm explaining why I didn't give it a five stars because I love Anne McCaffrey too. I love this book. Um, probably the series. I would say that particularly younger. I was on the level of uh, Pern, Dragon Riders of Pern in terms of, of love. Um, Acornia is funnier, though. God. I really, like, wish I could make you guys read Acornia, but I know you wouldn't. I would um, read it. <laughs> would you Sarah? read it, Sarah? Oh, no, I was going to say, just buy a Patreon and um, make it your request to us. Patreon. And we're not doing that yet. We haven't even announced that we're going to be doing it. Oh, spoiler alert. So, spoiler alert, we are looking into potentially setting up a Patreon in the coming months. And now the pressure has just increased. The pressure has increased, <laughs> and yes, one of the potential tiers for the Patreon will be every couple of months, someone will be able to buy a tier that allows you to pick a book we read. So, Sarah was saying, if you really want to watch her reaction to a cornea, or anything you think she won't like. <laughs> In the Ravenous Dark, it's a sequel or something. <laughs> no, that author does have other books. Oh. Um, <laughs> then <laughs> you could purchase the chance to have us discuss a book of your choosing. But that's but coming. That's a couple of months, probably starting in the next year. So not by the end of this year. So. On that note, do you guys have any book recommendations? Or no, because we're still in the middle of the series, so we won't do a book recommendation. Anything by Anne McCaffrey. McCaffrey. If you haven't figured that out yet, anything (laughs) by Anne McCaffrey. Mercedes Lackey, Elizabeth Elizabeth Ann Nye, is that her name? Anne Scarborough. Anne Scarborough. There's somebody else, Nye. Anyways, but we're still in the middle of the series, so we'll wait because maybe Sarah comes up with something that she's like, yes. I think right now she's too busy paying attention to what she's getting in her library. Um, <laughs> it's Freedom's Choice is the next one, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That is the next book we will be reading is Freedom's Choice. And on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.